You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Dr. Brian Cole and Steve Cashel on 670 The Score. And we're back here, Sports Medicine Weekly on this Saturday morning. Still ahead on our show, Ask the Doctor, but we're going to get into a little bit of uh, UCL reconstruction, the older collateral ligament. Dr. Cole, is it true one in three baseball pitchers will have Tommy John surgery. Yeah, this is a recent statistic, and, and amazing. It, it is amazing, and it's very real, and it's it's something that you know you go back in the past that we didn't have. You know, we sort of become a, a, a aware of these things from the media, from the press, and just talking about it. And we've had this so many times on the show because, unfortunately, it's just a it's a it's a recurring theme. I saw two this week. Okay, did you really? So, yeah. So it's crazy. And how old? These were kids. These were people between 17 and 20 years old. So these were pretty young kids. Okay, and um, well, explain well, what it is. For so the, for yeah, the just, so, so just you know to, to understand what it is, people just sort of have this term. It's like the word band aid. You know, it's becoming a branding thing. <laughs> right. You hear so much about it, but you know, essentially the forces across the inner side of the elbow are enormous. Probably some of the highest forces in the body during throwing. Right. So in the late cocking phase, you know what that is, right? Think about your kid. Sure. And his arm is back, and he's trying to develop velocity. So it's a late cocking phase of a throw. And then the initiation, sort of the early early phases as he comes forward, that's when there's enormous stress across the ligament. And it can happen over time, what we call through attrition and degeneration and wear and tear. And then it can happen acutely, meaning they're totally fine, performance is fine, and then something happens, they feel a pop, they have pain, sometimes even bruising, sometimes numbness in the hand and so forth. And that's tradition. And the older they are, typically I get these guys, you know, we're doing the Chicago Dogs now. So these are these are guys in their, typically in their late 20s. They often have a different pattern. They're presenting with sort of longstanding discomfort. They may even have abnormal MRIs, x-rays that will get preseason. But they're performing at a pretty decent level. And then something happens that puts them over the edge. It's what we call acute on chronic. And the, and the amazing thing is that, like, when you go back hist- historically with this, this goes back to uh, 19, uh, 1974 when uh, Dr. Joe performed the first Tommy John procedure, which was sort of a leap of faith. On Tommy John. Yeah, on Tommy John. Thus the name, Tommy and John. And 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 it was a leap of faith that this thing would work because there was no track record, right? So it's a pretty amazing phenomenon that someone so innovative like, innovative like Dr. Job came up with this concept, borrowed from some other surgical procedures and said, hey, this might be a good idea. Do you want to take a chance? And look, probably a guy back then says, look, I've got no other choice. I'm not able to perform. I'm either done or I'm going to give this a go and see if it works and amazingly it did and here we are today and one uh, gentleman uh, in san diego california knows all about uh, his famous dad surgery that's dr tommy john jr are you a junior i'm a third actually you're a third okay dr yeah. tommy john yeah. the third he was born in 1977 your dad was still in the major leagues right yes he was well what do you remember uh, Dr. Tommy John, about uh, your dad, Tommy John, the pitcher, playing for six major league teams. And do you remember the uh, UCL reconstruction done by Dr. Job? What I don't, I don't, it happened three years prior to my birth, but what I remember was the day-to-day stuff that I didn't, I didn't put together till later, but he would drive his car with a softball wedged between his fingers at all times to keep his fingers pliable. So even in the offseason, he drove with this ball in his hand. He always had TheraPutty, if you guys remember what that sure, was, silly sure. putty sex yep. type stuff. He always had different colors of that. I was fascinated as a kid, of course, because I thought it was silly putty. Um, but then he also had the rice bucket in his bedroom, and he had some weighted balls, some other things that he would do dexterity work with his hands and shot put stuff with his hands all the time. I always see him 
every day he was doing something for that. And so as far as the surgery is concerned, that's the stuff I remember. He was constantly, constantly, constantly working to do things on a 24-7 basis. I mean, he, I, I, if I understand it correctly, he, so the first season back, I don't know, back, well, he gets operated in 1974, comes back in 76, had a mediocre season, right? Then just, then he wins the Cy Young Award, right? And, well, and he, he was second. He was second. second okay. Goal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he plays to the age of 46. Amazing. That's, that's insane. <laughs> Guys, so what people don't realize, and I actually just found this out last year, he was telling a story. On his comeback, when he came back after the surgery that had never been done, nobody knew what was about to happen, what was going to happen with his elbow. He made seven starts in 28 days. That's amazing. His, his first seven starts were in 28 days. So, and they, it, was, it was just one of those things like, if it's going to happen, we're going to figure it out now, and we're going to push. And he pushed and figured it out and figured it out and figured it out. And then he ended up winning four games less than Sandy Koufax won in his entire career in the, after surgery. Wow. So, so tell us, tell me, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you, uh, you're a, uh, a car, you're a chiropractor yes, and, and right. I know you've written a book and, um, you, this is something that has become a huge part of your career, your profession and, and, uh, that you've parlayed in helping educate and take care of others. Uh, you know what, this thing kind of chose me. So I was in sports performance and rehab for a good portion of my life. I was doing personal training as well. And I was doing baseball lessons, and that was the bulk of my income were the baseball lessons. So mm -hmm. a lot of the issues I was working with in 40, 50, and 60-year-old degenerative conditions were showing up in my cage in the 10, 11, 12-year-olds. Now, I thought I was at the top of the food chain working with mechanics and all the skill stuff that would go into baseball, and I realized I was just part of the problem, taking $100 an hour in the off-season when these kids should be moving around, nourishing, reading, eating, playing other sports. And um, I, I dropped my, my base, baseball performance business. I went and got a chiropractic degree, and I parlayed it into this whole performance and healing center where it's every human walking through as an athlete. I just try to get you to perform at your best, whatever life demands. Visiting with Dr. Tommy John. He is the son of former Major League pitcher Tommy John, who, of course, uh, went into the first uh, – ulnar collateral ligament surgery with Dr. Joe back in 1974. And you played at Furman University. Were you a pitcher, Tommy? So the reason I chose Furman, and this is an interesting story, I chose Furman because they were the only school I was looking at that was going to allow me to play second base and pitch. Hmm. I was 155 pounds of nothing. I was 5'11". I hadn't developed, as nobody should. You know, late development is better than early. And I didn't know what I wanted to be. I was good at both. And Furman, Ron Smith at Furman was like, sure, if you can do it. So guys, we had double headers on Saturday and a single nine inning on Sunday. I would start second base as a freshman for the first game Saturday and then pitch the second game and successfully did this and loved it. I just went from high school to college and kept that, that tempo. So what, what's your sense of you? I, I know you've studied the problem, and yeah. you think about it, and um, what's your sense of rewind, you know, 30 years yeah. and where we are now, why, why the difference in sort of the epidemic? What, what's your yeah. I'm sure you get asked that. Uh, what's your explanation? 
So my take on it, and I, de- I describe this in the book as well. I, I consider it a. What's the name of the, What's the name of the book? If oh, and I, pro- uh, I, I have a, I have the copy of it. I'm gonna read it. I yeah. assure you. So let's let's. Why don't we take a chance to, to take the opportunity to promote your book? That's okay. Perfect. All right. The name of the book is Minimize Injury, Maximize Performance: A Sports Parent Survival Guide. I love it. And cool. um, so. Basically, it's a three-headed monster. I know we'd love the single finger in the dam type mentality. Unfortunately, the dam's overflowing, and and so it's all sports. But if we're just talking UCL, we got and just for our, just for our listeners, forgive me. UCL right. ulnar collateral ligament that people yeah. you know the Tommy John ligament. The Tommy ulnar John ligament surgery. is the is the soft tissue on the inner side of the elbow uh, that helps to stabilize the elbow and is the one that undergoes all this force during throwing. Sorry, go ahead. No, we're good. So. The youth sports industry has become a $15 billion a year industry. So everybody has their claws in these kids, and everybody can make a dime off these kids. So we got camps, clinics, showcases, specialized lessons, indoor facilities. All year round, we can milk these people for billions, B, with a B. So that's first and foremost. Now you take the American lifestyle. We're a bigger, faster, stronger mentality. The American training paradigm is upside down on its head. We don't have any people that can move anymore, but they can clean and move a weight. And they're basically weightlifters, but poor movers. And so that whole bigger, faster, stronger pulls out an immediate ability increase, but no durability. Now you throw that in with the lifestyle of we're overfed and malnourished. We're making poor food choices. Everybody's underslept. We're staring at phones a majority of the day, which not just posturally, but screens will stimulate a sympathetic response, stress response, that lowers an immune response. So our lifestyle in general is just kind of not well. We're 47th out of 50th in fit kids in industrialized countries, 47 out of 50. And do you know, do you know, do you know that in the 1980s, we didn't have a, they're basically, you, you would be hard pressed to find a type 2 diabetic, which is basically diet-related, in our country. You couldn't find one. Now it's an epidemic. You couldn't find like an adolescent who was overweight who had type 2 diabetes. Now it's it's an epidemic. And now now we're not even fit to go into boot camps, into, into military. We need like a prep class for boot camps now. It's like basic training. We're, we're under basic. So we're, we're just not doing well in the American lifestyle. So you got the youth sports industry. That's an animal. Then you got the American lifestyle. Then you have, and this is the toughest one, it's well-meaning parents who only want the best for their kids but acting on a fear of missing out. So now they're doing everything, keeping up with the Joneses and pushing and pushing, and a lot of the times the sports choices aren't because of these youth. Now here's the thing. You throw the three-headed monster into a mixing bowl, it's only a matter of time when that dysfunction shows up. If they got through the system unscathed, that means with no injury showing up, well, they just survived it. They didn't thrive in it. And now the big leagues get them or college gets them. And then something shows up, and now there's elbow, fraying, pain on the inside of the elbow, tightness, what have you. But the mileage is so bad that if we were to buy a Ferrari the way these Major League Baseball teams buy athletes, you would do a history check. What's the mileage on this Ferrari before yeah. I drop $124 million on them? You know, we just wouldn't, we wouldn't spend the money. And it's hard to find the mileage because it's hard to, to track down exactly the wear and tear and everything that's going on that I just talked about. Busy with Dr. Tommy John, son of former Major League pitcher Tommy John, who underwent the first ulnar collateral ligament surgery with Dr. Joe back in 19. 19- 
74. I heard a, I heard a recent number that the dollar yeah. impact of uh, injury in baseball is $1 billion a year. Oh, my gosh. And $250 million is on the elbow. Well, oh wow! Well, Tommy's in so terms right of though. Loss when you think of time. This isn't, by the way, this isn't because doctors get yeah. paid so much money. <laughs> this is because yeah, of lost time, right. and the asset value that's involved here. I mean, it's a really, it's a stagger, and that's just like when you think about it, that's just like one sport, you know. Right. So it's it's staggering what injuries do uh, to from the just just socioeconomic aspect, let alone right. like you're saying, our young people, the relationship with the, between the parents and the kid, and so forth. Correct. It's a, it's a really, uh, I love the topic, and I'm really glad to have you on this morning because um, I can tell you have a ton of passion for this, and I can, oh. and this is something I live every single day. I mean, I deal with you know people of, of all ages, but this is an age group and a sport that is so compelling and so fascinating because of the mm-hmm. impact. As you can take a kid that's normally functioning, going to school, doing what he's doing, all of a sudden injury happens, and everything comes to a stop. You know, yeah. life changes on a dime. Right. And, Tommy, you're, you're so right, though, because – yeah. I hate to almost say this. I mean, I got two boys who play baseball, 14 and 11. They're pitchers. Yeah. They play other positions as well. But it's such a money grab for all of these camps, these clinics, these coaches. Yeah. They, I mean, and my wife's like, where do we send them? What, which private lesson? And there's another camp, and you're trying to get ahead, yeah. but you're trying not to wear them out. I had a question for you, though, Tommy. On, on, of course. You know, I heard Blackjack McDowell speaking uh, a couple weeks ago on this station, 670 The Score and Bruce Levine Show, which follows us inside baseball. And he said he thinks that the pitchers today are too much about pitch counts. Even the kids, they're not strong enough. They're not throwing like Tommy, your dad did, when, you know, when Tommy John was playing for the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Indians. What's your thought about that of all these pitch counts and now our Illinois High School Association? has a certain rule about pitch counts. Um, I know it's a different breed, and Dr. Cole, I know, has his own thoughts about that. You know, are they bigger, stronger now, or were they stronger back then because they threw more? So it, it's one of those things that we tried to solve the problem from the top down. If you think of it as a pyramid, the top part of the pyramid is throwing. Bottom part is moving. Middle part is strength and conditioning. Well, we try to control the top part. So it's, it's don't drive your car and you won't get in an accident. True, that, that makes sense. But you also have, if I only have 100 pitch count, I'll only prepare for that. So we have like a lack of preparation because we lowered the bar even more. And so what we've now enticed them is that they can burn harder for that shorter period of time which in that inverted pyramid where no athletes developed how they should coming through a dysfunctional childhood, and now they just can't sustain it. So it's, it's one of those things that I agree with Jack McDowell and, and Smolty and Cott and my dad and those guys saying, yeah, you guys got to throw. But if we change that tomorrow, all these guys would fall apart. That's true. Because I, yeah, that's they're true. not developed. I mean, they would hit a wall. It's like what everybody did with those running shoes, those five-finger running shoes. Everybody went from shoe coffins, these cushiony shoes, to those five fingers and ran and didn't ease into it, and they're shattering toes and stress fractures and all this other stuff. No, like we'd have to develop to that. To you know, let me, give, let me give you, you an analogy. Let me give you the analogy. Yeah. We in, uh, yeah. And you may be familiar with this or not, but – it was a really famous case in New York uh, about in medical training about uh, residents, uh, an error that happened in a hospital system, and um, litigation and so forth. It was in July when residents right. start, 
and they attribute it to the long working hours, right? That more mistakes are made. The more we work, the more right. the more mistakes we have. Right. Yeah. So what they did is they come up with this sixty hour. I think it's sixty hour because we have residents. I think it's sixty hours. So now they say, okay, we're not no more eighty, no more a hundred. You're going down to sixty. But what it does is that they're not prepared now. They're less prepared, <laughs> less prepared, I should say. I don't want to go in the record saying not prepared. They'll say less prepared, less exposure, less reps, less conditioning for it. And you got to ask yourself, has it really changed the the error rate? You know, right. So we sometimes important. I I have to agree with what you're saying. You're yeah. that, and you have to take note that the answer is not just get rid of the pitch counts and so forth, but no. at least has to be taken into consideration that you could still prep your body for 120, 150, or endless and limited at 100. Right. So That's there's got so yeah. so you just assume that the 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 mean is you could do it if you needed to. But maybe it's okay to restrict it, but don't detrain, detune uh, for the lowest common denominator. And I, I honestly, I haven't, I haven't really thought about it like that because it's much easier to say, well, they're bigger, faster, stronger. They're throwing curveballs sure. before they shave and all this other stuff. And and maybe it's not velocity. Maybe it's fatigue, or they had a shoulder injury, or they got version problems in their shoulder, or come up right. with all these explanations. Which there are so many independent variables that no one's going to be able to actually put right. it together and say why right. it's happening. But um, it's clearly happening. So it's, it's a really fascinating, fascinating discussion. Again, visiting with Dr. Tommy John, the son of former Major League pitcher Tommy John, who pitched with the uh, Dodgers, had the uh, first UCL ulnar collateral ligament surgery back in 1974 with Dr. Job. And, uh, guys, i got a question for both of you, Dr. Cole and Dr. Tommy John, um, and Dr. Tommy John visiting us for, with, uh, with us from San Diego, California. What about the curveball? I mean, and let me ask Tommy first, um, does that have a lot to do? Did your, did your dad suffer that injury because of curveballs you're saying that about the kids now you know in my lessons when i did lessons i always got dads coming in and they were like i, I want my son to learn the curveball and i said okay okay watch this now and i would show him how to do it and then the kid would work and he could throw it and i said if you threw it correctly and when he does the ball shoots off into the side of the net now if he throws it incorrectly he just kind of hooks it and makes it curve well, yeah, you can make a ball curve. That's not hard. Like anybody can chuck a bowling ball down an alley, like holding it with two hands. But with his strength level, I illustrate it where they're not strong enough to throw the ball properly to that to that front side. And so here's the thing. Your son can't throw a four-seam fastball. He's not strong enough to throw a fastball, let alone tie his shoes and stand on one leg. So I'll just hold off on the curveball. Now, the throwing motion in general is kind of – tearing everybody apart these yeah. kids aren't prepared to throw an overhead anything you know so throw the curveball in there and it's but it's enticing because everybody loves it because hitters can't hit it so coaches right. will call it <laughs> we, we see it dr call i see it at 11 10 year old 11 year old 12 year old baseball all oh, that kid's throwing a color for a curveball no right yeah no i think i think you're again good points um yeah. we see a spectrum of Injuries in these different ages when their growth plates are still open versus when they're not. The good news is, I well, I occasionally still see these stress fractures in young kids, but most of the younger kids, when they identify it now, it's such so much on the radar 
that they're yeah. at least shutting down and rehabbing and getting smart about it. So I think the best thing I can say is that th- guys like you who are, who are talking about this and shows like this, and, and we're really doing a good job of educating the public, but we have to be careful about drawing conclusions that are faulty. So I, that's the mm-hmm. part that I really want to stick to, and it sounds like you're doing the same thing, and, I, and, I, mm-hmm. and there's not a thing you said that I, that I honestly take issue with. So uh, it's, it's inspiring, and uh, maybe another time would love to have you on the show again if it's possible. Well, it'd be great. And uh, Tommy John, your website is don'tcutmykid.com. Is that right? That is the landing page of the book, yes. And through that, you can find my social media pages, where to push this book, and then my clinic website as well. And Twitter, at Dr. Tommy John DC. Great stuff, Tommy. Really appreciate you joining us. Guys, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a great morning. Thank you. That's Dr. Tommy John, son of former Major League pitcher Tommy John. Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole rolling out on this Saturday morning. Back with more Sports Medicine Weekly after this on 670 The